Book of 1 Thessalonians tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. <clears throat> Thank you for the music in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 5. And I want to be very helpful and practical this evening. And so uh, tonight may feel more like a Wednesday night, a midweek Bible study uh, than a usual Sunday night service. But uh, I want to uh, stay with this theme of thankfulness. Of course, uh, this time of year, uh, we are more aware of our, our responsibility of thankfulness. And I certainly, uh, as we did this morning, spent some time uh, on that subject. But I want to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I'm going to read verse 16 through verse 22, verse 16 through verse 22. And we're going to spend our time this evening in this passage of Scripture. We'll find this is our text this evening. So 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and begin reading in verse number 16. Rejoice evermore. Now, I'm going to help you as Christians, especially new Christians. I think it's good for Christians to memorize Scripture. Here's a good place to start. You can memorize your first verse right here. Rejoice evermore. And the next verse is just as good. Number verse 17, pray without ceasing. And we continue in verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Uh, I'm going to use these verses, but I want you to look at verse... I'll, I'm, we're going to look at every one of these verses we've read tonight, but look specifically at verse 18. In everything, give thanks. The Bible is not as complicated as we make it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? In everything. Uh, everything. Now, this is a hard verse. This is a hard passage to live. This is a hard verse to live. In good things, I'll give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Uh, we should be aware of God's goodness in everything that takes place in this world, everything that takes place in our life. And so that, this verse reminds us of that. Uh, but tonight, I want to preach on this subject, some characteristics of a thankful life. Some characteristics of a thankful life. I'm going to have a word of prayer in just a moment. And then by way of introduction, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to us about a principle, a way of thinking that is critical in our Christian life generally, but it will help us understand uh, some things that we can do and have some characteristics that will help us be able to fulfill this. Uh, and, and I'll say more of that in a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to be in church tonight, an opportunity to give honor to you, and certainly to be aware of your goodness. Pray you'll be with your people tonight, be with those who are watching on live stream tonight who are unable to be here. I pray that you would bless them. Use the message this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are characteristics in this passage of Scripture that will help us to be able to do what we are told to do in verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Uh, that is not always an easy thing to do. Quite frankly, many times that's a difficult thing to do. In everything, give thanks. Now, I remind you the context of, of our text this evening. The Apostle Paul has written uh, this book. A couple of main uh, uh, emphasis is the second coming of Christ. There was some confusion about that in the church. And then uh, there was an attitude and a spirit amongst Christians. Well, he's coming tomorrow, so there's nothing I have to do as a Christian today. 
Uh, he's coming soon, and I don't think that is what Christ means when uh, we should consider his return imminent. We should be looking for him. That doesn't mean we should sit back and not do anything because he's coming. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. Because he could come tonight, we should be busy serving him. Because he could come tomorrow, we should be busy serving him. But at the end of this first, this, this first letter, the first Thessalonians, we find uh, it which seems like just some uh, disjointed, just some, uh, here's some truths, here's some things to remember. Uh, but as, as we're going to see tonight, they, they all go together. Of course, we know that everything in the Word of God is their own purpose. God has put it there for us uh, to learn from, to, 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 to guide us. And if we see verse 18, in everything, give thanks. Uh, for this is the will of God. Uh, it is the will of God for me to pastor the Emmanuel Baptist Church. That is God's will for my life. You, he has a will of God for you as well. Just like there's only one pastor, just like there's things that he has for you to do that are specific for you to do. Uh, one is not greater than the other because it's what God's designed for me, what God's designed for you. So there's specific things like that as an example that is the will of God. But there are some things in this book, it's the will of God for everyone. It's the will of God for everyone to be a witness. It's the will of God, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, for all of us to give thanks in everything. Uh, so you don't have to pray about whether or not you should give thanks. Uh, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning everyone else. Concerning my wife. Concern, no, concerning you. Don't we, don't we like to apply Bible commands to everybody else? Well, they just need to be doing that. The Bible is very clear about that. this is what they need to do. Well, that may be true, but the Bible is good for you and not just everybody else. And so it is the will of God for each and every one of us to give thanks in everything. I promise you, no matter what you deal with, if, if you take the time, you can find something to be thankful for. You can find something, some way to see the hand of God. Say, I'm thankful that God uh, ha has, has orchestrated and, and designed this. But we see that in everything give thanks. Now we know we should give thanks. We know as we preached this morning that uh, there's a thanksgiving spirit that we should have. So how do we do this thing that we know we're to do but can be very difficult to do? It is easy to give thanks when everything is going well. Are, are you with me on that? But sometimes when things are not going as we would anticipate, or we're just carrying a burden, or we're going through a valley, or we're dealing with a crisis situation, uh, sometimes it's hard to take our eyes off of what we're dealing with, put them on the object of our thankfulness, and give thanks in everything. Now, if, it, if there was a verse in the, in the Bible that said this, many of us would make this our life verse. In everything, find a reason to complain. Poor, find, find, find something wrong with every blessing of God. You can't. But the Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Okay? We've got this established. So how do we do this? I'm gonna show, I'm gonna, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, and we're going to see that all of these other verses around this verse are key in helping us fulfill this one. Let me use this as an illustration to kind of help us see the importance that these all, all, all of these things go together. There's a lot of Christians who will say, well, I want to serve God. I want to please God. And they think they can do that in a vacuum 
without fulfilling some things that God has said. Uh, you can, well, I, I want to be close to God. Well, this is, this is this preacher's opinion, and this is more than my opinion. It's my opinion based on what I believe this Bible says. If you have a Bible preaching church that you can be a part of and you're not, you're not going to please God. He wants you in the house of God. Uh, you cannot please God and ignore some things that he says. That's why it's important. Please follow me. Follow me very carefully this evening. That's why it's important that we heed what, whatever this book says. We don't, we don't make ourselves as a God and say, this is more important than this is. This isn't important in my life because every ingredient that God puts into our life makes it easier or gives us an environment to fulfill the will of God. It is, it is easier for you to be encouraged on the Lord's day. Why? Because you're in an environment that encourages you. It is easy for you to have your spirit, your soul fed by the word of God when you're in that environment. It is easier for you to be a testimony when you're in a certain environment. It is easier for you to not be complaining, but to be rejoicing in a certain environment. God gives us things in Scripture that are important. It aids and helps us in fulfilling some of His commands. I want us to see these things that are wrapped around verse number 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. And I want us to see tonight how they help us do that. I believe, and I'll say this, and I'll get into the outline tonight. Um, we, we Christians, we, we as Christians, we need we need to stop failing in our thanksgiving. We need to stop complaining. And I don't, this world doesn't need to see whining Christians. Uh, we need to realize that we have hope in this book. We have answers in this book, and when we don't, we can't find the answer. We have a God who's in complete control, and He knows. That's why, and I preached on it this earlier in the week, this last week. We ought to be strong and of good courage. Why? Because I have a relationship with a God who created all things. I can depend on Him. Uh, we need to, we need to whine less. We need to be thank more thankful. Well, here's some things that we, if we put these ingredients in, our, I, I know what some of you are thinking. I can tell by the look on your face. Besides, besides you, some of you are trying to stay awake, but, but this isn't what I'm talking You know, I can tell what some of you are thinking. Well, I'm just not, it's not my personality. I'm naturally a pessimist. I'm not the eternal optimist like you, Pastor. I'm just a pessimist. The glass isn't half full, it's half empty. Uh, it's, I'm just, that's just, I just look, well, I look at things in, in reality, Pastor. Well, I would tell you, if that is you, let me give you the same encouragement I give all of us tonight. Let's put all of these other things that I'm going to mention into our life so that it gives us that environment, it gives us that help in giving thanks. Um, we look at what's going on in our nation. And I certainly have a preference for how this thing is going to all end up. But what if it doesn't end up being my preference? According to this book, you know, I, I, I should be giving thanks for every situation. Now, I'm getting into political realm. Some of you have a hard time giving thanks. Um, but that, I believe that's what this says. Um, because we have, well, that's what we're supposed to do. Well, how in the world am I going to do that? I just don't think, oh, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't say it'd be easy. Look, let me get right into it. I'm going to give you six things tonight, and I'll, I'll go through them quickly. 
six ingredients or six characteristics, or I can say it like this, six contributing factors to fulfilling the, word of, the will of God in giving thanks. Do you want to be a thankful person? Do you want to be able to say, this is, this is something that God expects of me that I'm doing, so that he gets the honor for it? There are some characteristics or some ingredients that if we put them in our life, I believe it'll help us do that. Number one is having a happy spirit. Look at verse 16. Rejoice evermore. I, it's been some time since I've used this illustration, but some of you will remember it. Uh, of course, I grew up with three brothers, and uh, mom and my mom and dad, as you all, you all know them, and uh, as you can imagine, four boys in the house, it, was, it, was, it could be quite chaotic at times. Um, not, not everyone was as well-behaved and respectful as I was in my house, and so you know, it was, I was really the anchor. Um, but um, it, it could be chaotic. Um, it could be all growing up, um, you know, we acted just like, every, like your kids act. Um, uh, but something my mom would always say is have a happy spirit. You would be told that we have to do something and we didn't like it. Happy spirit. Um, we would be, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. My brothers would get in trouble and she would say, happy spirit. And everything was a happy spirit. I was thinking about this afternoon, and there were times when she would get upset at one of my brothers and get all over him and say, ah, see, it's not quite that easy to have a happy spirit around them, is it? But it was something that she attempted to keep us aware of, and quite frankly, we didn't always keep it aware, but it was something when she said it, we knew what she meant. No matter what you're doing or how much trouble you're in, you have a happy spirit. You know, this would be a good message for Christians today. Have a happy spirit. Rejoice evermore. We win. You do know this, right? God wins. You do know this, that we do have that blessed hope, that eternity. You do know that uh, we do not lose because of what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what takes place, God wins. No matter what takes place, can I tell you what the Bible tells, t- tells me, reminds us, that one day that trumpet is sounding and we're all, we're all out of here. Uh, let, me, let me tell you, after a period of time, Jesus is getting on that horse and we are coming back with him. And, and, and all of his enemies are going to be vanquished. We win. So why, listen to what I'm saying, why do so many Christians die like losers? We win. I have a happy spirit. Well, I just can't be thankful. Well, if you would do well with your spirit, you'd be more inclined to give thanks in everything. Well, look at what's going on politically. Look what's going on. It's stupid doing this in our government. We don't even free people anymore. All that may be true, but you can still have a happy spirit. I didn't say you have to like everything. You don't have to always like what life brings, but the Bible does say rejoice evermore. Focus on the fact that we have a God who is in control, a God who loves us, and we have access to the Heavenly Father, and there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to rejoice about. I just believe tonight, if I understand my Bible correctly, and I believe that I do, if we rejoice evermore, we're going to be more likely to give thanks in every situation because we have a happy spirit.
this world does not need to see discouraged Christians? Why would a lost individual want what we have if we have salvation and we're discouraged and we're despondent and we're hopeless and we're the ones trying to find negativity in every situation, uh, rejoice evermore. Number one, if we have a happy spirit, uh, we'll be more likely to give thanks in all things. Number two, we have a faithful prayer life. I don't have time to teach very long on this point tonight, but let me just say this. A faithful prayer life would solve 99% of the problems that Christians have. And it may even be a higher percentage than that. How much does this Bible talk about prayer? A faithful prayer life will solve the vast majority of issues for the Christian. You know, when you're talking to God and you're praying without ceasing, um, you're always in that mode of prayer. You're quick to pray. You don't, well, I have my prayer time this morning. I'll get back around to talking to him to, 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 tomorrow morning. You ought to have a prayer time, but you ought to pray all throughout the day. It ought to be second nature for us to stop and say, Lord, would you help me with this? Or, Lord, I want to remind you of this. Or, Lord, I just want to talk to you about this. That ought to take place all throughout the day. And if we have a faithful prayer life, we are going to be more inclined to give thanks in every situation because we're going to be more aware of God. We're going to be more aware of His presence in our life. We're going to be more aware of how great a God that we have. We're going to be more aware of Him and less aware of the obstacle that we deal with. A faithful prayer life will ha help us Give thanks in everything. In everything, give thanks. How do we do that? The Bible says pray without ceasing. Have a happy spirit. Number two, have a faithful prayer life. Let me, before I move to number three, let me just ask you before I move on, how is your prayer life? Could you, could you say it's faithful? Let me ask it like this. Are you faithful in your prayer life? Have you talked to him today? Have you talked to him throughout the day? Have you taken your needs to him? It's, we all, we all, no matter how much we pray, we all can make improvements in our prayer life. Because the Bible says pray without ceasing. It's a continual thing. Don't you think, uh, you know, we, we can't be living a carnal life and be in a season of prayer. We can't be living contrary to this book and pray without ceasing. It does not work. Well, number one, that's, that's why so many Christians don't have that prayer life that they should have. So if we are having this prayer life where we're continually praying, then there's certain things that are not at play in our life, which makes us more aware of the God who's in control. And in, a lot of, lot, in many cases, the, the reason why Christians are not fulfilling the will of God in their life in this regard, they're not giving thanks in everything, is quite frankly, they're not talking to God enough. They're not as aware of Him as you should be in order to pray without ceasing for it to be second nature for us to stop, stop and say, thank you, Lord, for... This is praying without ceasing. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for me. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of that. Thank you, Lord, for getting me home safe. That came in my mind because I have a teenage driver right now. Thank you, Lord, for... Um, for it ought to be second nature. 
ought to be second nature. Lord, this just came to my mind. Would you? You cannot pray without ceasing without being aware of, continually being aware of God. Doesn't it make sense, church, that if we're that aware of God, we're going to be more inclined to give thanks in every situation? The reason why we fail in this area is because God has put certain characteristics around that verse 18 that I believe that if we incorporate them, it's going to help us give thanks. Number three is a yielding to the Spirit. Verse 19, quench not the Spirit. There should be, when you got saved, how many of you are saved tonight? You're on your way to heaven, all right? When you got saved, the, you were quickened by the Spirit of God. You were, the, the Spirit of God indwells you. It's not a matter of you getting more of the Spirit. It's a matter of the Spirit getting more of you. You have the Spirit of God in you. And, and so, there's the fire of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I can't tell you. And today, it happened again. Both, 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 both specials, both songs that were sung before the message this morning. I could tell you were getting blessed by it. And, and then the singing tonight. Uh, what, what is that? It wasn't the carnality of it that appealed to the flesh. There's a fire of the Spirit of God that was saying, oh yeah, that grace. Uh, there was a fire of the Spirit of God. Oh, I, we know who the Lord is, don't we? Oh, what was that? That was the fire. But there are things in your life, or should I say this, there are some things that could come into your life, there's some things that will come into my life that will quench that fire. And one that's, that's easy for us to, to address is, is sin will quench the Spirit. Bitterness, which is sin, quenches the Spirit. Uh, we have to be very, very careful to live in a way where we don't do anything to quench that Spirit. I anything to suppress what the Spirit of God would do in our life. Let me ask you a question you know the answer to. Do you think the Spirit of God wants you to be thankful? We have a God who has given His Word, His laws, and says, do this. And that same God has given us himself in the Spirit to help us do it. And there are some things that our God tells us to do that without his help, we cannot do it. And I believe verse 18, as simple as it sounds, is one of those things. We can't be thankful for everything unless we have the Spirit of God helping us be thankful in everything. Because quite frankly, you and I know this from a human perspective, there's some things it's very, very difficult to find anything to be thankful for. But with the help of the Spirit of God and that fire, we're not doing anything to put that fire out. Uh, it helps us realize who God is, what He's done for us, and it gives us the ability to give thanks in everything. But we have to be very, very careful not to quench the Spirit. We should yield to the Spirit. That's why this is true in all of our lives. When the Spirit of God deals with you about whatever, you need to deal with that in that moment. If the Spirit of God speaks to you in a service like tonight or tonight, don't say, well, when I get home, I'm going to deal with that. No, as soon as the, the invitation starts, you deal with it. When the Holy Spirit deals with you, we ought to deal with it. He deals with you in point number two. But I got 12 points to get to. 
while you're listening, you ought to have a submissive spirit to what the Spirit of God is convicting you about, what the Spirit of God is speaking to you about. Do, do nothing to quench the Spirit of God in our life. Number three, we need to be yielding to the Spirit. Number four, we need to be submitting to God's commands. Notice verse number 20, despise not prophesying. And then we go into verse number 21, prove all things. Uh, what are the prophesies? The prophesies are the proclaiming the truths of God's word. And then to prove all things, how do we prove all things? You don't Google to prove all things. Um, you don't go to the world to prove all things. There's only one way to prove all things, and that's by the word of God. The word of God is right, and everything that is right is compared to it. That's how we know what right and wrong is. That's how we prove it. There are different philosophies that will pop up in different forms in, this, in the world that we live in. How do we discern? We prove it with the Word of God. Well, here, here's a new thing that Christians and, and churches, well, well let's, let's prove it by the Word of God. When I heard, I heard this, and this is a religious teacher, and they taught it, well, <coughs> let's prove it by the Word of God. If we submit to God's commands, which we despise, don't ever get tired of the truth. Don't ever get tired of the Word of God. Don't ever get tired of, can I just say, the Word of God reproving us. The Word of God correcting us. It says despise not prophesying. Despise not the, 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 the proclaiming of His truths. And then prove all things. That means we should, every relationship that we have should be proved by the Word of God. That means every place we go should be proved by the Word of God. That means everything we say should be proved by the Word of God. Habits we allow ourselves to develop should be proved by the Word of God. The lifestyle we live should be proved by the Word of God. If we allow the Word of God to prove us, then we're going to be in the spiritual condition, if I can say it like that, to be able to give thanks, because giving thanks is a spiritual matter. Giving thanks, it's amazing. You find somebody who is bitter at God, angry at God, out of the will of God, and they're not thankful people. Most of us, not all of us, know a bitter Christian tonight. Instead of being thankful for what the church did for them, they're angry at the church. Instead of being thankful what the Bible, got, the Bible you know, we, we, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We, we heard how to be saved from this book. So instead of, you know, uh, I'm thankful that the Word of God tells me how I can be saved. Well, that, that book is just a book of, of man's commands and judgment. No, 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 we ought to be thankful for it. Why, why, why aren't we thankful? It's because we've gotten to a place where we don't want to prove everything by God's Word. We've got to a place. And that's not a spiritual condition to be in, so we want to submit to God's commands. Number five. Aren't y'all proud of me for moving this quickly through my list? Number five, have a proper relationship with good. We are aware of good. That's not what we're told to do in this passage. It says in verse number 21, after prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Can, can, can I say this tonight to help all of us? We have too casual of a relationship with good. If I have it, I have it. If I don't, I don't. You know, your Bible's good. Your church family's good. 
righteousness is good. There are good things, and if there are good things, how do I, how do I hold to that which is good? We can talk about things that this Bible teaches, and we're going to hold to it. We're going to hang on to it, and that good fellowship. But, well, in order to properly understand that which we're to hold on to, we must also be aware of that which we're supposed to stay away from. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But you know what would be good for all of us is to us to say, I'm going to hold on to that which is good. I'm going to hold on to that which is righteous. You cannot be too righteous in God's eyes. I think sometimes we as Christians, well, I don't want to get crazy with this Christian thing. I don't want to get crazy with holiness. God's never going to rebuke you for being too holy. God's never going to rebuke you for having too many safeguards in your life. He's going to never rebuke you for being, and I'll use in its context, good. Because you know the only way you and I can be good is to hold to that which is good. Because the Bible tells us there are none good. And the only good thing about us is the fact that we have Jesus Christ. And we are saved through His applied blood. And when that took place, when you put your faith in Him, we got His account, which praise the Lord for that. And when God looks at us, He sees His Son. That's all that is good about us. So I can't be good. You can't be good. You know, we, we, we know what we mean when we tell these kids, well, you just be a good boy. And I'm sitting there thinking, that ain't possible. My kids are good. Well, no, they're not. How do you know? Because I know their parents. We can't be good. All that we have that is good about us is, is, is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what can I do? I can't, I can't, I can't change my, the, the nature of my flesh. Neither can you. It is a battle we are going to have until the Lord calls us home. We're going to battle this old flesh. And if you think your flesh is going to take you to holy things, you are sorely mistaken. If you think your flesh is going to seek spiritual things, that's why you cannot make spiritual decisions in a carnal manner. Because our flesh is always seeking to satisfy itself. So if I cannot be good, and there's nothing good about me except for the Lord Jesus Christ, how in the world? We can hold to that which is good. Because I'm not good, I'm going to hold to that which God says is good. Oh, this makes sense. I'm, this is good. My flesh is not. So what do I need to do? I need to hold it. God has given us things that are good. They're His things. If we are in a carnal manner, you know, it's carnality to complain. It's carnality to whine. I'm not saying there's not things that are difficult to handle. But it takes a spiritual individual to say, you know what, in everything, I'm going to find something to be thankful for. In everything. That's a spiritual, that's a spiritual mindset. How are we going to have it? We've got to hold to that which is good. Then it brings me to number six. We need to avoid an avoidance of evil. Not to avoid an avoidance of evil, but an avoidance of evil. 
Look at verse number 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, if we're to abstain from the appearance, then we can draw the conclusion that we will avoid it. If we're, if we're being so careful to stay away from even the appearance of evil, then we can draw a conclusion very quickly tonight that that will keep us from evil. Uh, many are, are, sat, too, too, are too satisfied with the appearance in this context. We're too satisfied with pitching our tent towards, well, I'm not towards Sodom. I'm not there. Well, uh, we need to take steps back and say, well, nowhere in the Bible does it say I can't. Well, the Bible does teach principles of how we need to keep ourselves protected so that we don't have fa- certain failures in our life. In order to do that, we're told to, uh, to abstain or avoid evil. You cannot cleave to that which is good or hold to that which is good and hold to that which is evil. It is impossible. Just like you cannot please your flesh and please the Spirit of God. That's why you cannot have a blended worship service. You cannot have part of it appeal to your flesh and turn around and say, I want to have the other part appeal to my spirit. It's not possible. And as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Christian, it is not possible to hold good and evil. You're going to give way to one or the other. It is not possible to live after this book and it not confront error. You know the truth? You know what truth does? It looks for error. And it looks for error to defeat. You can't, you can't keep both. You can't hold on to both. It is, there is a constant war. Just like you cannot please God and please this world because they're constantly at war with one another. Same is true of good and evil. That's always the comparison, isn't it? Good versus evil. Why do we make the mistakes as Christians to think I can hold? Well, on one hand, I can hold to that which is good, and to the other, I can hold to that which is evil. And by the way, the very definition of evil defines sin. Sin will not only destroy you, but because sin will destroy you, it will hurt the people around you. No man lives unto himself. Well, it only affects me. No, it doesn't. There are people who love you. You don't, you don't even know aware how much they love you. You're not even aware how much they how much you, they care about you. But it will affect. So we cannot hold the one and hold to the other. You know why there's a lot of Christians today who are out of the will of God when it comes to giving thanks in everything because they're not avoiding evil like they need to even avoiding the appearance of it, staying away from the things that are contrary to that which is good. So tonight, as as I conclude, I want to circle back around to how we began with verse number 18. In everything, give thanks. This verse of Scripture applies to every individual in this room and to everybody who is watching tonight. And not only that, it applies to everybody, every child of God. In everything, give thanks. 
this is where, this is where I, I want it to really help us. There are Christians who never miss a church service. And I believe that's God's will. If we're, able, if we're able to be in church, I believe we should be there. If we're able. And some have got that down. When it comes to that part of the will of God, they've got it. But you've got a complaining spirit. I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up tonight. I'm just trying to see that God says in order to, be, it's, it's his will. Don't we want to please the master? Don't we want to please our God? In order to please him, it's, we need to fulfill his will. We have to give thanks. And in many cases, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, we, we make it so difficult for us to do that because we're not paying attention to the things that are, that are centered around that verse. If there's other areas of my life that I'm quenching the spirit, it's not, not very likely that I'm going to have a spirit of thanksgiving. So there are areas that we may say has nothing to do with me being thankful or me finding some, some way to be thankful in every situation, that if we would, we've ignored them in our life and we're quenching the spirit of God as an example. Or we have fellowship with some things that we should not have fellowship with because it pulls us away from that which we're supposed to hold that is good, and therefore we're not in the right spiritual environment to be able to give thanks in everything. You know, we've had, as an example, we've had three deaths recently. And in all three cases, I've listened to the family find something to be thankful for. If for nothing else, I'm thankful there's heaven. I'm thankful there's healing. I'm thankful that there's an eternity together. And even in how the Lord took them home, there's so much to be thankful for. But you cannot be in that spiritual mindset and avoid the anger and avoid the bitterness and avoid all these other emotions if you're quenching the Spirit of God in, in other areas of your life. I promise you, in those, that example right there, faithful, faithful. Not only were they faithful, but their family and them around. Why? They're, they've got the right priorities, so they're able to say, you know, I can find something to be thankful for, even in the worst, the most, the, the most painful situations. But those that are away, for God, away from God, and I've heard this this week as well. I don't know how, how people who don't know the Lord, they'll do this. I don't know how people who don't have a church family get through this. And the truth of the matter is, they really don't. They try and deal with it in different ways. Even in that which we would look at, and this is horrible, this is tragic, this is unfortunate, I did not anticipate this. This is part of life I don't want to deal with in this example and in others in our life. We need to stay close to the things of God so that we can fulfill the will of God in every area, but also in the one where we say, I think I can find thanks. I think I can have a spirit of thankfulness. There are things that have taken place in your life that at the time you did not know why you should be thankful, but it has made you who you are. I find many times in my life, I find myself thank, thanking God 
for some of the things that have brought the most pain into my life. Because it is from those very things that God has also brought the greatest blessings into my life. That is difficult to do. And I don't say that as a pat on the back. The Spirit of God has to deal with you for in a great way for you to be able to surrender other emotions. But you know, I believe that our goal ought to be to please God in every area. Are you in the will of God tonight? You have to answer that question. Are you in the will of God? You say, Pastor, we're in church. Well, that's part of it. Are you giving thanks and everything? Father, I pray you'll help us tonight as we consider these, these, these.